Bandwidth for Erotic Awakening is provided by The Floating World. The Floating World is three full days of classes, workshops, and penal discussions, along with the marketplace brimming with toys and clothes to excite and entice. We're delighted to be including special events hosted by our special events team, as well as diverse participating groups. Find out more and register at thefloatingworld.org. Welcome to Erotic Awakening, an exploration of all things erotic. Every Thursday, your hosts, Dan and Dawn, share with you their experience and insights on kink, power exchange, and erotic life, as well as bring you interviews with exciting people from various lifestyles. Then every Monday, you'll hear from our various guest hosts. These nationally known educators bring a variety of experience to the mics and share with you an ever-increasing diverse world of alternative life. Erotic Awakening is intended for mature audiences. If you are offended by adult topics or prohibited by law, we recommend you stop listening right now. Hi, Don. Hi, Dan. Today on the podcast, we are continuing the list of 100 things that you must do if you are a real master. Also known as the list of bullshit that no one does. Also, a, which is actually the list of 100 things that you can do to make your slave feel owned. Oh, I think there's actually some good stuff on there. It's that other list that's full of bullshit. We have actually been, we've discovered as we've gone through this list, there are some things that we do. There are mm-hmm. some things that we scoff at. And there have been things that we have decided have brought us some... Um, Things to think about and things that we could be doing. Absolutely. You know, and that's that's the thing about lists. Lists are a tool, you know, and if someone else has written them, it was a tool for them. So not necessarily a tool for us, but like you said, there's some great stuff in there that we've actually used or after this many years might think of using. We also <laughs> have a question of the day came in from a listener about how to keep your kids out of your erotic life. Mm-hmm. But let's start off this morning. Let's start off by... Knocking out, and this list is actually being parsed down. We've thrown away one page. We are well past the halfway mark. Um, We've got a lot that we have gone over. You're right. We do. We do. So here's one right off the beginning of the list. So again, this list is 100 things you could do to help make your slave feel owned. It mm-hmm. is, um, as we've discussed before, depending on what message board you're using, the list is often scoffed at, or the list is. Um, taken as gospel or anything <laughs> between there. Indeed. And the reason that it's so, uh, I think, even contentious at times people take this list are things like this one. So here's number 49 off the list. Make And again, this list is very gender uh, non-neutral, but we'll just read it as it is. Have her make a list of 10 things that make her the most self-conscious, uncomfortable, or embarrassed. But see, I like that. It's not something that... I would want you to do like right off the bat, but right off the bat, haha. <laughs> but over the course of our relationship, I mean, that's how we get deeper into each other is by you asking those questions of me and having me self-reflect and you know things like that. So I know you still do that with a uh, bat, and you still do it with me after this many years, and you know it's just that trust thing and getting to know someone deeper. Yeah, I. <sighs> I don't know that I like this one. I don't like the idea. The make a list of ten things that make her the most yeah, self-conscious. Yeah, not ten. Um, 
I would write this one, be willing to explore the, the things that make you self-conscious. I, I, there is some value in this, but this, the way this one's worded is much mm-hmm. too, uh, it doesn't go anywhere. Right. Oh, yeah. I, okay, I'm going to write. Here's a list of ten things that embarrass me. Oh, great, mm-hmm. thank you. What? Are, so now what? Am I going to use these to torment you? Am I going to use these to work on self growth? Am I going to use these to get my way when I'm a little Nancy? Oh. Uh, you know. So no, see, no, I don't like this one. See, I, I listen to that one and I hear you read it, and I know our relationship. So my head automatically assumed you were going to use that for personal growth. Sure. But how other people? You're right. How other people would read it, it might not necessarily go there. Do one off your list before we move on. Off of my list. Um, okay, let me go to the first one that has not been marked off. Okay. Oh, have her bring a warm towel and wash and massage your feet each day after work. <laughs> Sounds pleasant. Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't have a situation... You know, now we did, used to for a long time, we did have a little ceremonial reconnection after work thing. Yes. And that would be a just as good as any other reconnection after work ceremonial thing. Mm-hmm. I'm not a big foot guy. And at this point in our life, we moved too fast to take my shoes off for any brief... <laughs> but that might be a good reason to incorporate it for a while, yeah. though. Uh, I, I, I think... Things like those, like reconnection ceremonies when you first see each other are good. We used to just do a little kneeling thing and dump the electronics. This one's good. Mm-hmm. I, I've got no problem with this I've got one. No problem with it. I kind of like the feel of it. And uh, um, our second interview, you actually had me do this. Right. Have a bowl of water and mm-hmm. a warm towel and wash your feet. And, you know, and at first it was like, okay, this is really weird. Okay, this is uncomfortable. I don't know that I like washing somebody's feet. And you know how my brain works, so it was going yeah. like that. And then to just have the bowl of water, have the towel, sit on the floor and put your feet in my lap, mm-hmm. and just have that mindful connection to what I was doing, not necessarily why and what little plan you had you know, going on or what I was supposed to learn from it. Once I dropped all of that and just was mindful of what I was doing, right. I loved the experience. You know, there's a second view of this as well for this particular one. That we'll be able to ask somebody about at PXS mm-hmm. in uh, the end of May. And that is, there. I think one of the aspects that made you uncomfortable with this is there's a religious connection <laughs> to is. this. There's a story of Mary Magdalene, I think, right. washing Jesus' feet. And I, I'm not a big... So, so we have a, a presenter coming in to do Christian domestic discipline. Mm-hmm. The idea of power exchange based on... And still that still... Can, uh, holds Christian beliefs, mm-hmm. and uh, I will have to ask her about that, and if things like that feel icky or squiggy to her more so than, because it does carry some, it, right. or it can carry religion. You and I are also reading Lamb right now. I was going to ask you, so you think that Mary Magdalene, you think there is a story about that. How far along are you on Lamb? Because I just finished it last night. Oh, did you? <laughs> I did, so. I'm not there yet, shut up. Okay, so I won't this tell is like, you no more. <laughs> this is like telling people that we're watching Lost now, which we are, uh-huh. and they immediately say, oh, have you got, no, shut up, we haven't gotten anything yet, <laughs> we, we just started anything. there. And it's like this worst show in the world for people to give away something, it's like, oh. That's Locke's deal. Oh, yeah. Thanks. Don't, yeah, don't Thanks tell for us. Telling don't us. tell us. So, you know, we, we're just getting to, uh, we watch this like 20 minutes at a time. And, yeah, w- this is 2005 or something that 
that was recorded, so we're way behind. Yes. But uh, yeah, please don't tell us. We only get to watch it 20 minutes at a time, so though it feels like we're watching it every day, <laughs> it takes yeah. us three days for an episode. So, um, Other than that, so we have a bunch more of these. We'll probably knock out a few more of those mm-hmm. ways to make your slave feel owned. And we'd love feedback on that. Does that help you? Are these things you use in your relationship? What do you do to make to assist? And when we talk about make your slave feel owned, uh, one of the things that people respond with, that I can think of one particular, one person in particular says, well, my slave is owned 24-7. Right. Goody for you. Mm-hmm. Unless your slave is in a situation where, she, where he or she gets to stay home playing naked slave boy all day long, it may be of benefit to reinforce that relationship aspect mm-hmm. of your life and there's nothing wrong with that having little rituals having little reminders having little because most of us spend our lives you and i spent i guess half of our adult life um not in power exchange relationships Mm -hmm. so it's nice to be reminded that we are in a different style of relationship very i think it's very positive absolutely blah 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 well you know well like you're saying we are 24 7 but sometimes it's lower key than others. I know where the buck stops. I, you know, we, we've agreed upon this. This is how we live. But when you put those sleeve bracelets on me, oh. Yep. Even after <laughs> this, all this time. Yep, indeed. So that should be on, on our thing. I bet it is somewhere. All right. You know what? We've only got a couple of new subscribers. Good, I guess. <laughs> Cheryl from OK. Mm-hmm. Oklahoma? Oklahoma. <laughs> Danielle from New Jersey. And Brian from Wisconsin have all joined, uh, have added themselves to the Erotic Awakening newsletter email list where they, every once in a month or so, we give shit away. We do. Or we mention what we're doing. Exactly. As, in, <laughs> as if we don't do that enough on the podcast. I don't know. I don't know. We better keep giving shit away so people subscribe I to I like it. giving stuff away. I really do. So, oh, you know what? I need another sip of coffee. We're doing this early in the morning. Again. We are Can doing this early in the morning. The sun is just popping up. We have sun. Do you know how rare that is in Columbus, <laughs> Ohio? We have sun, and it's blinding me, so I'm trying not to complain about it. But uh, did just did a monkey puzzle club last night. Mm-hmm. So that's one of the reasons that I, I drink coffee Thursday, Thursday morning when we record this, because I'm out late with a monkey puzzle club at the mm-hmm. room. And um, last night they celebrated their first year anniversary of being at the room. So, and that was really neat because it was packed with people and everybody brought food and it was really awesome. And Thesser did his uh, flogging class, which was great. And uh, me and a couple of other people sat around my desk at one point and we were talking about, um, they were saying that I've ruined them for tentacle pictures because now they're like Pavlov, that anytime they see a tentacle picture, they think of me. <laughs> <laughs> so, and um, the other girl was like, yeah, and for me, it's food on boobs. I'm like, really? She goes, yeah, when I see food on boobs, I think of Dan. I'm like, well, then send Dan the pictures. <laughs> Everybody's sending me, sending me tentacle pictures, but no one's sending Dan. She's like, oh, we have to take care of that. I'm like, good. Is this okay. someone I know? Um, Probably. I'm trying to think of her name. It would take me a second to think of her name. I'm better with faces there yes. at the room than I will grab to a, a cup of pudding and a camera <laughs> and see if we can talk to her. We should do that as Oh, Bat, are you listening? Of course she is. <laughs> because we could do that as a photo opportunity at the room as We've, well just have everybody come with different things of food i think they talked about that once yeah, doing that as chocolate. Well. we should get chocolate up here you know he'll he be at um where where close i thought so but i might have him i might have i might i, I might shut up 
I'm not sure. Okay. I might be thinking of the wrong person. I may have to poke Chuck a lot because he loves food. Food yes, play. Yes, yeah. That's so, a fetish thing. But that that's different. Is. You know, it's really funny. And not to try and get deep about a silly thing like food on boobs. But the part of that that I like is not somebody finding a random picture of food and booms and sending it to me, which is okay. I have mm-hmm. no problem with that. But the fact that you are a listener of the podcast or someone I know, mm. and you're taking a picture of your boobs with food on them. Mm-hmm. as a Because any, a lot of people we know, because we run in these circles, <laughs> have pictures of their boobs. Mm-hmm. Oh, boy, I'd love to see a picture of your boobs. Here's 50 of them that I had done last right, week, right? Right, right. Food on boobs requires that you step back and say, okay, I have to actually prepare this. And they're preparing it for me. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's what the, the thing I like about the whole food on boob things. It's like when Sham Wow sends me food, you know, a couple of steaks on her tatas, it's not because <laughs> she had that laying around somewhere. Right. It's because she said, ooh, I know what I'm going to do. And, you know, hey, uh, significant other, grab this camera and take a picture of these steaks on my tits. And, and I'm sure the significant other is going, but I was going to eat those steaks. <laughs> Well, you still can. <laughs> that was quite the lengthy. That was quite the lengthy movie like thing there. I like that. I like that. But I do see insight. that you did get a, a movie clip of a tentacle thing. I did. Uniquely, Christina sent me a movie clip, and it was really, really well done. It was naughty. It had the it had the private bits pixelated, so I'm assuming it was Japanese. But someone had used stage props. I'm thinking, mm-hmm. isn't it Japanese that pixelates the actual sex? Uh, I don't know I what think you're it, talking about. I think of it like an anime. They actually like fuzz out. I've seen like many where anime that, where that doesn't happen, but please continue. I know. Okay, so that's why I'm thinking it, it's, I think it's a Japanese thing. They can show absolutely everything but the actual penetration. And they don't pixelate it enough to actually hide it. But anyway, the tentacle thing, they actually had like... The props that were used were kind of amazing. So, I mean, if you really thought about it, you could, like, imagine people off on the sidelines, you know, doing the, you know, moving the tentacles and stuff like that. Right. But if you kind of suspended disbelief, it was done really well. And the um, the pieces that they used for the tentacles, I mean, it was slimy. It actually looked like <laughs> a tentacle cock, you know, on the end mm-hmm. of a tentacle and slimy and sliding into her. And, and it was actually pretty hot. <laughs> See, this is why I like food on boobs. <laughs> I'll picture this whole thing. Going, what? It was awesome. I thought it was awesome. <laughs> what is the uh, your kinks okay? My kinks okay? Yeah, but it was like a it was like a knobby cock, and it was <laughs> slick, and it was it was awesome. And two tentacles were holding her down. Is it? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, moving on. <laughs> To, we're going to start the tentacle porn podcast, and I'll just turn on the recorder and let you start talking. Um, another thing that can make your slave feel owned, which uh, I, I just disagree with this one. Okay. Sometimes pamper her, wash her hair and body, have her remain perfectly still as you turn around and move her about. Uh, no, sorry. Does Aww. not. I, <laughs> no, I would do kidding. that to make my... Uh, romantic relationship feel romantic. Mm-hmm. I would do that to make my lover and my wife feel loved. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't get a connection. This is how I'm going to make my slave feel owned. Uh, would... Unless you take it from a perspective of a viewpoint of when I wash my car. That's where uh, I was thinking. Damn it. Yeah. Yeah. That's where I was getting ready to go with that. That she wasn't able to respond. Therefore, she's just an object. So he's washing and buffing her <laughs> like he would a car. 
<laughs> hey, when you do these, uh, put in a little five next to it so I can put it Ooh, on the show okay. notes. Okay, I have to find the one that you did. The one that I did. So, um, so I want to knock out this question of the day really quickly um, because it is going to be a quick one to me. Uh-huh. So, the, someone was written wrote us, "What do you do? Rec- what do you recommend to keep kids out of your erotic life?" when you're doing a lot in your everyday interactions. Mm -hmm. How do you keep older kids from finding about or overhearing your kinky play? And as our kids get older, we can no longer count on them being asleep when we want or need them to be. Side note, when your kids are acting like they're asleep in the car, they're not. They're not. Assume they are not. Yep. So, but, uh, well, we kind of handled this. I mean, we had the boys at, at, at the house and... Um, as youths and as teenagers as well. And mm-hmm. then as people that don't live here anymore. Right. <laughs> We've been through that 15-year gamut of having them grow and grow up and grow out. Exactly. Exactly. So there was different methods to be used. I mean, when we first got into the kink lifestyle, they were young, um, 8 and 12 maybe. So, you know, they were pretty young. And, you know, and I'm very much about protecting the kids mm-hmm. from stuff like this. I... I um, I won't even try to explain it because my verbiage will get messed up. But um, they don't need to know, basically. Mm-hmm. They don't need to know. So we had locked boxes. So we bought these this big black box. It has a lock on it. And that's where our toys, our porn, our magazines, that's where everything went for a good four or five years. So, and that way, because all kids will root around in sure. your room. Absolutely. You know, anything that's off limits, they want to know why. They're 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 seekers that you know they, they want to explore. So all that was kept under lock and key. We also were um very fortunate, I guess, in that they got shipped off to their dads every once in a while. Sure. So we had our weekend sure. you know, a weekend or you know, weekend day or something like that to ourselves. And um, you know, went from there. And as they got older, they never slept. As they got older, they know they, they were computer <laughs> geeks, you know, they were up all night with their Mountain Dew. So right. it's, it's not like we could play with any amount of uh, sound. We learned how to play quietly, mm-hmm. but um, we started going to a swing club. Yeah, we, we found a swing club that was open on Tuesdays and Thursdays, mm-hmm. and it wasn't really popular Tuesdays and Thursdays. So mm-hmm. it wasn't like we had to worry. We weren't going there to hook up or swing. We were going there for naughty time for ourselves. It's just cheap, cheaper than a hotel. Mm hmm. So, and it was right around the corner, and, you know, we had to plan the date, and, and that was great. But um, another thing that we learned how to do was to play quietly, you know, because I used to be very quiet during sex mm-hmm. in, the, in the past marriage because the kids were little, you know, so you learned to be very, very quiet. Then when I got with you, you learned, you taught me how to be very loud. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so when we played at home and the kids were home, I had to learn how to be quiet again. So it was very much a power exchange Situation, and then we teach a couple of um, of ways to to strike and to play without sound. Right. You know, like spanking with fingertips instead of open palm, and you know, just stuff like that. So having a pillow over your face and being spanked with fingertips <laughs> helps. helps. Another aspect is the uh, well, you know, part of it is simply to be. You got to strike this balance between I don't need the children knowing how often me and mommy fuck. Right. <laughs> or what kind of stuff we do. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, there has to be a level of respect and openness and courtesy so that on occasions the kids would come across my porn mm-hmm. or uh, would figure out that the quilt 
rack is actually a spanking rack or spanking find a cane in the back trunk of the car right and all these things happen mm-hmm. and building the relationship to a place that says look i'm not going to tell you about my sex life but i want you to be open to ask about my sex life or about sex in general right to and every once in a while much to their annoyance to sit down and having a convert you know making them sit across from me and saying do you have any questions? Mm-hmm. Or, oh, I see you're going on your first date. This is a condom. Mm-hmm. This is a banana. Do you need instruction? Or have you received this instruction on how to put this condom on? Um, <laughs> we had to find that, you know, there's... Now, we were very fortunate in that you also ran a, a, uh, a spiritual group at the time that the children were being raised. And we had lesbian couples and gay couples and the occasional transsexual to mm-hmm. the house, and we got to treat them like normal people. Right. So they got the idea that there's a lot of things they can talk to us about. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's it's really, it's it's twofold. Part of it is, like you're saying, you, you know, it, it practice a level of discretion, and the other aspect is practice a level of being, letting them know they are, it, the conversation is approachable mm-hmm. if they want to have it. And that's that's how we handled it. And, and we did it age appropriately, you know, as they got older. Um, God, the youngest one was about 12, I guess, when we walked by the Pride Parade on our way to a movie <laughs> downtown. And we forgot it was Pride Parade Day. But, you know, we're, we're walking the parade route a little bit to get to this old movie theater. And the NLA truck, the National Leather Association truck, mm-hmm. drove by just as we were walking by. And they didn't realize <laughs> was with us. Can you beep that out, please? (laughs) (laughs) You know, was with us. And you got flashed by a transgender, you know, you got flashed by someone that looks like a guy but had boobs. (laughs) You know, hey, Dan, hand on, you know, and flashed us. And so the youngest had a question about what was in L.A. Mm -hmm. Whatever happened to her? I don't know. I don't know. So kind of disappeared after a while. But, you know, so we opened it up. So, you know, the youngest is like, so what is in L.A.? And I looked at him and I'm like, you know what? I'm trying to think of an age-appropriate answer. Just give me a few minutes. And he finally got tired of waiting for me. So he went and he asked you because he knew you would answer right away. Whereas I I take a little bit. And you did. And he's like, well, wait. I'll wait for mom. (laughs) (laughs) So, but we very much kept things open like that. Um, it's kind of funny because I would keep out on the bookshelves as they got older. So as they were into their teens, I started keeping out the sacred sexuality books. So not the porn, not the, the you know, the other things that they're going to find anyway with the, the internet age. But I kept out so that they could see the spine titles about sacred sexuality. Or I would read it and things like that. So they knew all of that was open to discuss. And recently, probably about eight months or so ago, my youngest, who's now in his 20s, I feel old, was just over just talking. Mm-hmm. He was just over talking and talking. We were having a very deep conversation. And at one point, he told me, he goes, thank you guys for imparting to us that sex is sacred. <laughs> you know, he's like, if nothing else, that's what I got from you guys, that you never put things in our face. You gave us the opportunity to ask questions. And if nothing else, I got that sex was sacred, and I'm taking that into my life as I'm meeting new people. And it was like, wow, I think we did something right. (laughs) (laughs) So, anyway, 
I'm, I'm wondering now if we, if I'm going to retitle this this show to be more about this than it is about the <laughs> slave of the questions. Because we <clears> thought <throat> it was going to be short and sweet, but actually we've been with the kids through preteen, teen, late teen, finding sure. the cane in the car. <laughs> and a lot of it is, you know, as we've, you know, gone through our own journey of sexual exploration, mm-hmm. you know, um, one of the things that the, you know, and it, it was neat that... Uh, we had asked the younger boy at some point if he was interested in anyone. And I forget the exact conversation, but mm-hmm. it was like he responded by, by saying he appreciates that we didn't just assume that it would be a female. Right, right. You know, that, you know we have no assumption one way or the other which way he's going to lean. He was actually kind of um, thinking about a guy friend of his. And... At that point, you know, and I was like, you know, well, you know, when you hook up with your, you know, with a girlfriend, you'll understand. And then I went, well, wait a minute, girlfriend or boyfriend, Mm -hmm. you know, and he did. He thanked us. He's like, thank you for not assuming what the gender would be because I'm not sure at this moment. You know, I'm still thinking in my head. And I was like, wow, that's kind of neat. But, you know, one of the other things that we did was we didn't shame them. So there was a point when um, one of our Playboy magazines was missing that we were going to be selling on eBay. And we had a picture of this. So we knew we owned it, Mm -hmm. but it was missing. So just to go knock on the kid's door and and, um, older son, (laughs) we're missing a Playboy. Do you have said Playboy? And for the the door to open a crack and the magazine be (laughs) slid through the door, you know? So... We just treated it matter-of-factly mm-hmm. at that point. Absolutely. Wow. We had a lot to say on that. We did have a lot to say on that. <laughs> we also had better say. Erotic Awakening is sponsored in part by Smitten Kitten. Smitten Kitten is your online resource and personal guide to all things sex-related. They offer over 3,000 unique products and sell only non-toxic toys. From dildos to... Anal beads. You'll find it all at Smitten Kitten. Fabulous. And um, we have, I have this blanks there that I want to fill in every week. They have so much stuff. So anal, I was going to go anal beads to something that starts with Z, and I couldn't come up with a sex toy that starts with Z. <laughs> a zapper. A zapper. That's well, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> I like the zappers. Oh, hey, can we play with, ooh, the slave bracelets and the electric zappers. I don't know you're supposed to do that. I don't know that you're supposed to do that either. Let's find out. (laughs) So, okay. So let's go over another way to make her feel owned. Um, They've got one here that... Oh, see, I like this one. Okay. Have her polish your boots weekly. I thought you were going to say knob. (laughs) Well, that too. (laughs) It does involve being on the knees. (laughs) Have her polish your boots weekly. (laughs) On her knees at your feet. See, that works. Boots, knob. (laughs) Um, yeah, sure. Yeah? Not into it? I like polishing your boots. I like doing anything at your feet. I guess I'm having trouble with the weekly, with the scheduling of it, but I don't know. It's just not calling to me. Okay. So... If it works for you, great. How about this one, though? Hand, Hand feed her like a small child on occasion. Yeah, I like that. I like that. It shows ownership, little humiliation, mm-hmm. little object play. Yeah. Um, I recall not too long ago I talked about putting out little bowls on the floor <laughs> and have her bowls. eat out of a dog food. I think that came from this list. Um, 
Yeah, I'm not feeling the whole hand feeder thing. Yeah. I think that's sexy and romantic, but to me, that doesn't call to my power dynamic. Oh. Hmm. I'm kind of curious as to what would call, because you've kind of nixed a few of these. We need to find one that calls to you. Um, give. Oh, see, I don't like this one. <laughs> uh oh. That means it's probably going to speak to you, and I'll have to do it, huh? <laughs> give her a writing assignment. The definition of pain in a thousand words. <sighs> nah. <laughs> I could see it as a punishment, sure. But how does that make somebody feel? I guess it can make you feel owned because somebody's telling you to do it and you have to do it. But that's not the kind of connection stuff that I go for. Mm -mm. Uh, so no, that one does not work for and me. You know, for, get me out of that one? for me, at this point in my life, that would absolutely be punishment. With all the writing I'm doing for my graduation capstone project and PXS and the run book and all the other writing. Yeah. I enjoy writing. So to have it as a... I don't know. If I was at a point in my life where I wasn't doing a lot of forced writing like that like that anyway mm -hmm. for school and stuff, and it was on a pleasurable subject, like write a thousand words on what makes our power dynamic special, that I would like to do. Right. You know, so that would be cool. And it would make me feel owned because you're giving me an order. So whereas pain, I don't see even the subject of pain. I don't see pain as part of our power dynamic. It's part of our play. Oh, no, I would say it's, it's, it's part of our power dynamic, I think. Yeah? Because it, well, not pain so much as punishment. And punishment is painful sometimes. Okay. And, you know, I, I hear people say, oh, well, I've got, I'm in a power exchange relationship, but we don't have a punishment or discipline oh. protocol. And that's fine for other people. And we don't use punishment or discipline very often at all, but it is part of the for me, the definition of the power exchange that there is, that's on the table mm -hmm. and part of it. Absolutely. So, uh, I do want to mention that it is the year of the bat, apparently. <laughs> In that last, uh, just a few days ago, or was it two days ago, we had mm -hmm. bat over. Uh, bat, had, and surprisingly, has been in my collar for one whole year now. Yep. One of the things she does that annoys me <laughs> is um, after... We podcast on Thursday. She'll listen to the podcast and she'll send me a picture that goes with the podcast. <laughs> For example, last week we did, I made some comment that I was throwing you under the blowjob bus. Right. So she sent a picture of a blowjob bus. Yes. So, uh, which uh, shouldn't be annoying. I actually rather like them, but I wish she could do them before I published so I could have it with the podcast. <laughs> I always go back and add it later. So, so if you so listen to this a... on Friday, you'll, you'll see the oh. picture that Bat's come up with. So now. she's got a mind read before we post. Because like today, we didn't even know what we were going, well, we thought we were concentrating on one thing and right. then we rambled into, into something else. So she also did the dog food bowls with our names on it. I, I know. I thought about that too. <laughs> that was very cute. That was awesome. Awesome. So one year. Wow. So it's going to get um, a little more hardcore from here now that she's made it a year. Yeah, and she is... Uh, Are those butterflies in your stomach, Bat? <laughs> she's grown into qu quite the slave. Yes, indeed. So, awesome. And... Oh, I bet you're going to... I know what you're going to say. Yeah? Are you sure? Yep. Erotic Awakening is sponsored in part by Adventures in Sexuality, <laughs> Central Ohio's kinky fun group. 
Coming up is the next AIS meet and greet on May 10th. Hard to believe it's May already. So May 10th, 8 to midnight, $5 donation to cover the table and music costs. And it's at the 8-Ball Sports Bar and Grill here in Columbus, Ohio. Find out more at adventuresandsexuality.org. Uh, we will be in town for that, but I don't know if we're going. I do know tenth. Oh. that we... <laughs> I'm just thinking noise? of that weekend. I graduate on... We got uh, oh, something yeah, to yeah, do yeah, on yeah, the 10th, yeah. something to do the 11th. I graduate on the 12th. Yeah, that'd be difficult. Uh, we are actually... Um, and then the week of the 13th through the 18th, you and I will be in Las Vegas, we Nevada. Will. So Las Vegas listeners, if there's something going out in Las <gasps> Vegas that week, please let us know. Please, please, please let us know. So Dan will be uh, at a conference during the day. I'll be by the poolside. So, and that's why I'm going because it's like we still have work for PXS to do that week. Mm-hmm. It's the week before PXS. But it's like, okay, I can design the run book sitting here at home by myself, missing my master. Or I can go to Vegas with him and do it beside the pool. Right. Ooh. So if anything's going on in Vegas, we'll be free in the evening. So, mm-hmm. yay. I did figure out what my agenda for the day is going to be. Yeah? They really have a lot of expectations for me to do a lot of shit in Las Vegas while I'm there. Yeah? Which I suppose is appropriate because it's a work thing and right. they're flying me out there. But still, it's annoying. <laughs> um, so we better get to the, speaking of work, we better get to the wrapping this thing up not too long from now. Um, number 54 on my list is why people hate these lists. <laughs> For transgressions, make her wear a sign to the next public function naming her crime. See, this is the fantasy bullshit to me. Yeah. Other people might dig it. That's fine. But there's... I understand, I suppose, it would make someone feel owned. But it's not valuable to me. No. Boy, you know, I'm not trying to step on anybody else's shit. Somebody wrote this and thought it was cool. Right. But... Ten years going to the stuff? You ever seen that? No, no. I've never seen it. Nobody and if you that. do see it, does it open it up for other attendees to punish said slave? I mean... No, from the, a play perspective. Sure. From a humiliation play perspective. Sure. It still doesn't work for me. Really? Because it's based on the idea, I take this to say, the very first thing that I'm talking about is it's a transgression. It is therefore a legitimate Mm-hmm. Punishment, mm-hmm. right? I'm not going to mock you right. as part of the punishment, right? I don't know. It just this really doesn't work for me as a humiliation play, as something that we make up for humiliation. Maybe, uh, like if I made you wear a sign saying "tentacle slut" <laughs> or "gets wet for tentacles," <laughs> or obviously that works for me. Yes, yeah, so <laughs> it might be the whole tentacle chair. thing. <laughs> Or, you know, another dirty whore or talk dirty to me, which we have mm-hmm. seen. Um, or worthless shit, depending on your style of humiliation yeah, play. That, yeah. That's different than forgot to make coffee. Right. You know, how is that? Ugh, that does not work for me. Boy, this list sucks. <laughs> well, I think another reason that it wouldn't work, work for us is because we like instant punishment. You know, so for someone to wear a sign, that means you have to wait for an event. It gets drawn out, and then it's got to be worked with afterwards because it's not just about wearing the sign. Now you have to correct the punishment. So how, you know, correct the transgression. So how does wearing the sign correct the transgression? You know, I, yeah, I don't get it. So I'm knocking out the rest of this page right here because it's, I've got six more that are all 
less okay. than valuable to me. <laughs> uh, we did that. Uh, praise her dedication when she has pleased you well. We do that. Mm-hmm. We've talked about that plenty. That it's important. It's power. That's part of the power exchange for us. You make the bed. I acknowledge the bed was made well. I don't do it every day. We mm-hmm. talk about that plenty on the podcast. Yep. Instructor that she is never to touch your body without permission. Okay. You've done that before. Orgasm control. No, no. Instruct her that she is never to touch my body oh. without permission. Oh, you have done that before. I don't like that one. Yeah. I don't like that one's even worse than the not touching myself. That one, really. That one on, on occasion is okay. I can live with that on occasion. Because I touch you all the time here in the house. It's nothing for me to, to just touch you all the time. So in a sexual situation, you've done mm-hmm. that before too. Yes. Not let me touch you. And that's... Okay, that's awesome. <laughs> uh, deny her play, deny her orgasms. Uh, fine, you know mm-hmm. that's but that's play. That's all play stuff to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, deny her orgasms could it could be punishment stuff too. But I, I don't really like denying play for real punishment. No, 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 no. But you have for play for play. You have denied me orgasms to where I've had to call you at work and yes. beg for release. Or uh, <laughs> you weren't allowed to come until someone else made you come uh-huh yeah i'm an evil <laughs> fucker and then the last one on this list before i throw it away is uh c- for a punishment command that she is to be silent for a week that's just not realistic wow no pod for us that is <laughs> no podcasting like, for a week. no podcast no school no so i think i think some of these have been valuable mm-hmm. i think the, the, i just knocked out a couple in a row that i did not find worth talking about anymore for me i i get it i get it here and you know what on here, different podcast days listeners. There, there's <laughs> for those people that hate these lists there you go so well i've got one that i want to mention then there's some more on here that we can save for another day good but um i have get her branded well we've talked about that before uh-huh. we don't do branding and i know some people do do branding the challenge with branding is if we go get if you go get a tattoo and you know, and the tattoo artist is skilled, you'll get a good tattoo. Right. If you go get a branding and the branding artist is skilled, doesn't, you may or may not come out well because bodies heal from brandings very differently than others. We've seen good brandings. We've seen bad brandings. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. What do, you, what do you think about the whole branding? I loved, when we first got together, I absolutely loved the idea of being branded. You know, it's kind of a Gorian, Gorian thing. It's, it shows a sign of ownership. It just, I love the idea of being owned with a physical representation of that. Mm-hmm. And um, we did. We talked about the branding and we talked about, you know, you wanted to get trained on how to do it. And then you... You know, and to me, it was just very powerful that you wanted to be trained on how to do something that would be so awesome. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, finding out that, yeah, my body could heal in such a way that it, it doesn't look right and it's just a scar. Right. So we went the tattoo route. And I'm very happy with the tattoo route. So. We got the D&D on your we arm in, vine, in a vine sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Your leg, I should say, not arm. Yep, and I, you know, it, it was a symbol that, that I'd been drawing for quite a while. And so it was self-designed, but it's a big D and a little D intertwined. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it, it's really, I like it. So. But you know what? Another thing is, is that it's very permanent. Uh, sure, so people sure. would ask me, you know, well, what, you know, what if it doesn't work out? What if it doesn't work out? And I'm like, you know what? We've been together a couple of years at this point. So, and if it doesn't work out, I've got happy memories. So, right. you know, I'm okay with it staying on, on my body forever. How many tattoos do you have? 
I have, I've only got three. I've got the D&D. Mm-hmm. Um, that one actually looks like one because I've got a lotus behind it. But mm-hmm. the lotus was done eight years later. So mm-hmm. it's two separate tattoos. So the D and the D with the purple lotus behind it. And then I've got the phoenix on my back. Big old phoenix on Big your back. Big old phoenix yeah. on my back. That's, all of, all of my stuff is very ritual related. Yeah. See, the, and here's where we should probably turn off the podcast. Because here's where we become rather, uh, somewhat of a hypocrite. Yeah. In my opinion, because, you know, when people ask me, oh, me and Master are so deeply connected to each other. I'm going to go get a tattoo mm-hmm. to reflect my, my uh, you know, owned by Master Dominion. Right. And um, I normally advise people that I think it's a poor idea mm-hmm. at this point. I, I would say, oh, that's wonderful. You've picked the tattoo that you want. Good. Write it, you know, write, have it drawn out mm-hmm. and then sit with it for six months, sit with it for a year. Right. Um, but that didn't slow us down when we're like, let's go tattoo my our initials on your leg. <laughs> okay, let's go. <laughs> Ever wanted to simply partake of the joy of service? Well, now's your chance to receive and to give. Dominance will be given the opportunity to relax, converse, and be pampered. A time for learning, serving, and pampering those D-types. The Pamporium will consist of objectification, mini-massages, serving, and belly dancing. Those wishing to volunteer will be given instruction as statue models, serving slave positions, and mini-massages. The Dom Pamporium is open to everyone, but can only be found at Power Exchange Summit, May 24, 25, and 26. You can find out more at powerexchangesummit.org. Bye, Dan. Bye, Don.